0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Successful Style, the podcast series about successful people leading stylish
1: lives. I'm Lance Avery Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli. And today, instead of having a single guest, we're actually going to treat you to three guests. But before we do that, we actually are going to take you guys on a little bit of a journey with us today. So one of the questions that we often get asked is, what's it like to go to go to a gala? So what we have today is something really interesting. And Lance, why don't you elaborate on it a little bit?
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to to take you behind the scenes and behind the velvet ropes and backstage to the DKR Gala, which is the Daryl K. Royal Fun Alzheimer's Gala, which is one of the most successful galas in the state and as well as the city of Austin.
1: Yes, and it attracts a really star-studded board membership on um, people on it like um, Matthew McConaughey and Eloise DeJoria are on the board. So it's truly on a high-level philanthropic level, got some real big powerhouse names behind it, which is why it's one of the most venerable and successful organizations in the state from a philanthropic perspective.
0: That's right, and they all report directly
1: to Mrs. Edith Royal, Daryl K. Royal's widow and who is a powerhouse in her own right in her 90s and still kicking and goes to that gala every single year receives a standing ovation i mean she truly is a marvel and a true texas trailblazer
0: not only does she receive a standing ovation she herself claps the loudest through in the
1: audience and she is such a, a rabid supporter of the organization she really is and you know the special tie to her is obviously that coach royal passed away from alzheimer's disease so right. it, it, it's something that really it affects most families in some way shape or form mm-hmm. so we really appreciate her lending her voice you know because she has a unique platform as the you know the widow of a uh, legit a literal Texas legend. That's right. So it's it, it's really great to see her use her voice in that way.
0: Yeah, and they also have, the organization has a ton of supporters in the community as well as beyond the community. Two who come to mind are Ava Late and Steve Late. They are huge champions of the organization, Suzanne Erickson. I mean, there's it's a laundry list of people who, who, who help this organization, and it really kind of kicks off the gala season
1: too. It really does. And while we're on the subject of Suzanne Erickson, she is the person who was able to help us Really, kind of take take a look at what it's like for us when we do go behind the scenes of a gala. So, um, at this year's DKR Gala, was um, were three members from the cast of the TV show Nashville, Chris Carmack, Charles Esten, and Jonathan Jackson, and we thought it would be a really really good to do this now because they just announced this past week that they're actually going to be taking the late great Nashville TV series to. To Broadway, woo, the Great
0: White Way, as they call it. Well, you know, it's interesting because Scott Dorman, who is the producer of it, has had nothing but hits on Broadway. He's had 55 Broadway productions, including American Idiot, Ragtime, Book of Mormon, Mean Girls, I mean, you name it. In fact, 28 of his productions have garnered Tony nominations for best production and 10 of one, so that's quite a track record that Nashville will have. And, you know, it's one thing I found interesting is that in reading in The Hollywood Reporter, Scott is quoted as saying Nashville with its complex and relatable characters and sweeping emotional gestures has all the narrative elements that he looks for in a great theatrical source material. And so from that rich, rich DNA, He says they'll be building an original story with an entirely original music cast written by Major Nashville and Broadway songwriters. So that has hit written all over it to me.
1: It really does to me, too. And, you know, one of the things like like you said with the characters, they were were really relatable and they really did. Nashville really was one of those shows that really reflected the times as times have changed. You know, over the 2010s, you know, um, they obviously the Chris Carmack character, you know, came out as came out as gay during the course of the series. And really, you've seen since, you know. Since he did that in the first or second season of the show, there have been a whole host of country music stars that have that have followed followed the lead of a fi- fictional character and have come out themselves and live their truth.
0: Well, all the characters had a lot of layers in it, and I think that's why it was so successful on many seasons on ABC and then CMT, the country music television station, as well as on Hulu. So, uh, people of any age and every age really like it. I think it speaks to a lot of generations. I think it speaks to the teens up until you know, people who aren't their teens or their kids at heart still who, yeah. who enjoy the behind the scenes look at the music business because Nashville is a very complicated place in getting a start.
1: It's tough. It is as it is with any, you know, with, with any creative medium, it does take a lot of hard work. And one of the things that we really try to talk about on this show and with the guests that we've had to date is, you know, we often start with asking how they earn their first dollar because it takes a lot of work to get where they are. And it, We're kind of in a world now where, because of things like social media, you can really explode overnight, but the people who have longevity are the ones who really had to work hard at it. They put in their dues, and they took the time to do so, and it's much like with putting on a gala. Um, The first year of any gala that you're always trying to find your voice and find your footing, it's in the second, the third, and the fourth year, and even if it's not perfectly successful, we've seen plenty of galas throughout the state that may not have been successful in its first year, but they've become major big-deal galas because they worked at it. They understood that they had to figure out what did work and how to improve upon the things that did not
0: Well, yes. And also looking around at other galas in the city, in the state, and around the country informs these organizations of how to do things differently if they're not working with their original context. So, you know, I think it's really neat that we have a bird's eye view of galas really around The country in Society Texas Magazine, as well as around the state. And, you know, Texas is rare and unique because it is such a philanthropic state. People give back. The largesse is there. People really want to make a difference in the world, whether it's the performing arts, the visual arts, medical issues children's issues you name
1: it it really is and when you think big and you know dkr thought really big when they had you know not one but three different you know stars of a television show come and perform and headline the show it resulted in re- them raising over a million dollars at the 2018 gala so yeah. it, it it really goes to show that the hard work determination and perseverance of you know that entire organization like we had mentioned ava late um and suzanne erickson who you know did the did the public relations for it and did a, amazing job, as well as Debbie Hannah, who runs the organization as well.
0: Well, not only that, but I remember back in the day when a million dollars being raised was a pipe dream. It just was so uncommon. And now it seems to be much more common than not. Yeah, and I'm, that's exciting. And that shows how much work goes in before the event to make sure that all the The kinks are ironed out before the actual event so that it is as flawless as
1: it can be. Absolutely. And thankfully, we had the good fortune to actually talk about one of our previous guests who was the first person to raise a million dollars in Texas in a night, Carolyn Farr. That's right. And, you know, she really has set the trail that it allows nights like these to happen because of people who think bold and think big. And Carolyn thought big back in the 80s when she did her gala that was the first one to raise a million dollars. And it continues today with with organizations such as DKR.
0: Right. What's so great is that people can listen to that interview anytime they want to on SoundCloud, Google Play, or iTunes. Absolutely. listen tune in as style. well. And tune in as well. That's right. <laughs> tune in to tune in. How fun is that?
1: Precisely. So, um, well, without further ado, what we're going to do is we're going to take you on the individual um, brief interviews that we did, each with um, Charles Eston. Jonathan Jackson and Chris Carmack and what we're going to do is allow you to kind of listen to what it's like on the red carpet and conducting a red carpet interview and taking you guys there with us so without further ado we're going to start with our interview with Charles Charles, welcome
0: you are here tonight tell us about why you're here I'm here
2: here as part of a great
0: great cause uh,
2: the DKR fund gala and um, they do such wonderful things it was started, of course, by Coach Royal, and um, they've been raising funds, not just for research to fight Alzheimer's, but I think this is pretty cool, for research that goes through Texas, that is uh, That's right. some Texas connection. I, th- I find that to be very cool. So um, we're very honored, Jonathan and Chris and I, to be called here. The guys from Nashville, we toured together as Nashville for a while after mm-hmm. the show, and um, we're bringing a little bit of that show tonight. Well, we're big fans of the show. Watch it since it
0: was on ABC, the pilot, and through every episode, and... Connie Britton dying while I'm still trying to get over. Spoiler alert. Oh, No, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> But we're also here to talk about style. You've got great style. I mean, right now you're wearing a black vest, black jeans. You have great style on the show. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, just speaking about the show itself, I was immediately blown away by um, our, our costume designer who did such a fantastic job in making what Deacon wore. With Deacon, it was just a very easy style. And I don't know that you know about that country thing. It can be really... For me, it was easy to do when she worked with me because it was all the denims. He'd even wear what they call that Canadian tuxedo, yeah. which is the denim on <laughs> denim. But she made all of it look so good. And um, I probably started veering towards that sort of uh, kind of thing to wear as I as I went on. And people, I'd show up at the set and they'd be like, are you in wardrobe or are you not are in wardrobe? You the, are you the real Charles? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right. But on top of that as well, a lot of times when I'm performing, you will see that I wear a lot of the black and whites. And, and some of it has to do with... Uh, what do they say, form and function at the Sorry. same time. The function that it does for me is um, what I'm wearing tonight, it just sort of keeps me cool. And if you do sweat a little bit, it doesn't show it that much. I right. made the mistake of wearing some like light-colored shirts or some medium-colored shirts up on stage before, and I go, I sweat right through them, it's and it tough. looks yeah. like what it is. Yeah, but a nice, sharp uh, black shirt or white shirt with a good collar, uh, that's pretty much a simple uh, version of it for me. You know who I think does it so well is... Um, uh, Tim McGraw, who takes Absolutely. the simple, those colors like that, and yeah. he just looks
1: so sharp in what, what he's wearing constantly. So uh, uh, that's how I'm really doing tonight. Awesome.
0: Looking
3: good, man. Thank yeah.
1: you. And so six years is a, is a good amount of time to be on a television show. How do you think during that time y- you incorporated your style into the Deacon character?
2: Well, as I said, uh, I sort of moved towards him a little bit, although I think I might have already started there. But also, when you start going to some of these... You know, red carpets and some of the award shows that I was, that was, uh, yeah, you do, and you gotta, as you know, you gotta look sharp in something that you didn't look sharp in last time. So, uh, and
0: you know, those photos live forever. (laughs) Yeah. So no funny faces, no crazy faces. Exactly. You You learn
2: all those lessons, and something that just looks right, and and, and for me, something that is is. uh, fairly comfortable too so uh, I've, I've had a lot of uh luck with some uh, some good stylists and some people that helped set me up a little bit also there's right. just some cool places in nashville that once you get the word out of as you guys know to where you're gonna go right then you go you walk that some stores you walk into and you can't not find yeah. something yeah. Uh, there's a great place there uh, two old hippies i don't know if you've ever been there before okay. but great. uh that is a great place in nashville and i for just sort of a sort of a high-end but very comfortable um uh, feel and i would i would do that a lot and um what about boots i gotta ask you Um, how about boots cowboy boots well i mean do you have uh, i probably at this point have (laughs) one two i started with a lot of the uh the high boots but then the pants are a little tighter down at the bottom right. here, so these are Those the are nice. these are the low boots. And um, I Charles know. is wearing the coolest pair of low boots I've ever seen. Oh, very like kind. It. Yeah, nice. they got, got that little almost cowboy meets Beatles vibe to them.
4: Yeah.
1: And so it matches the form and function yeah. you were talking about earlier, too. It's,
2: it's exactly that, because yeah, I didn't want the the big bulge that comes down from down below where the boots would make your uh, pants bulge out right down right. there. And pants um, won't
0: go over them a lot of times. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. So, so
2: I did that for a while and tried to do that, and it was driving me crazy, and finally I saw these and by the way that's another thing uh, for me is when i find something i like i buy multiples oh sure yeah Absolutely. so like these um these are sort of on the road and, and they look good but um, i'm happy to beat the heck out of these on stage or wherever i need to go if i was on a red carpet tomorrow or something like that then yeah. i would um I'd w- probably get the other ones that, aren't, that don't go out on when the road. When
0: you say beat the heck out of them, you mean kicking Chris and Jonathan's butt on stage? Or what do you
2: mean? I mean <laughs> stage jumping into the crowd. <laughs> oh, lay- cool. Yeah, yeah, all awesome. that's going to happen. Jumping right. off it's the drum riser. Surfing. Good to know. Yeah. We'll
0: be ready for that a little bit later Sp- in you the know,
2: show. Uh, <laughs> Sort of, you know, the... James Brown splits, all those things. Yeah, wow. no, no, I'm like kidding, I no.
0: any fan of yours would expect nothing <laughs> less than that, Charles. Well, uh, <laughs> these
2: pants is about would split if I did that. Uh,
0: I can imagine. Okay, we're wrapping <coughs> it up. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your talent. You go from comedy to action to drama, so you're doing it all. So congratulations, we're thrilled well, to you have you Thank you very much, I appreciate oh,
2: you guys. A pleasure. Best yeah, awesome. of luck tonight. Thanks
1: yeah, so much. Great luck tonight. Thank you. Yeah.
4: Thanks,
0: guys. you know that Charles Eston, or is his friends, and we call him Chip, he is such a good guy. He's so
1: entertaining. He does have great style in person and on on TV. He does, and his you know his off screen persona is just so, so nice and so down to earth. And you could really tell he was just thrilled to be a part of the DKR um, the DKR gala, um, or you know back late last year. Yeah, so, and, and
0: that explains his longevity of his career too. He's been on the Office, Drew Carey Show. Uh, Nashville and on to other things so I think that working well with others always comes in handy
1: yeah and, and speaking of working well with others our, our next subject um, from the cast of Nashville is someone who's actually worked in the industry for over a quarter century so we really look forward to um, sharing our interview right now with um, Nashville star Jonathan Jackson Yeah,
3: this is my the coolest time. city that's not Nashville welcome, <laughs> welcome. we're glad well, to have you. you here thank you I've <laughs> been wanting to come to Austin for a long time actually. Right. Yeah. Well we hope it lives up to your expectations. Thanks. Absolutely.
1: So we know that you are a gentleman who loves performing and loves music. How what's the biggest um, challenge for you in juggling acting roles
3: versus music roles? Uh, honestly it's just schedule. Yeah. You know, it's just time. Um you know, touring has to be scheduled quite a bit in advance, and right. so does a film production, so. Sure. And knowing when those things are gonna collide, I mean, oftentimes, you know, if we book a, a tour, uh, and then there's, you know, this great film that suddenly pops up, or vice versa, it's, it, it can become a, a little difficult. Creatively, it's not, I've been doing both for so long, it's, it, for me, it feels like the same sort of uh, reality.
0: So now on that note, you're an Emmy Award winning actor, so you were a child
3: actor, mm-hmm.
0: juvenile actor, and now you're an adult actor. What's it been like to see, to be a part of your own career evolution? Because it's, it's, it's
3: rare and it's awesome to see. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, um, I think there are, are a lot of challenges for, you know, uh, child actors mm-hmm. and, and young actors in particular, making that transition from, right. from, you know, being a young actor to an adult. Um, and for me I don't know uh, it, it just I was always focused on the work yeah. and I was I'm very grateful for the people I got to work with I had amazing mentors yeah. um, and so I was just focused on that it was kind of like uh, and and as I've gotten older the sort of looking at my career objectively has gone away and it's right. like this is kind of just my life I mean, yeah been, you know I've been doing yeah. it for so long. yeah it yeah. just is what it is and um, so, yeah, but I mean, I, you know, we've all seen the stories of difficulties that people have, and there are a lot of difficulties with it because you're either being, as a young actor, you're either being praised in a way that's kind of unhealthy, right. or you're being slammed down and wow. rejected in a way that's, that's right. unhealthy, and it's yeah. all very extreme. So to kind of keep your feet on the ground and have some kind of sanity, yeah. um, it, it's not an easy thing. I'm grateful to my parents, because they yeah. helped me with that, that's and uh, and I, you know, I also got married young as well, which I think really helped to kind yeah. of, you know, had a family and uh, I have three kids. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I mean, really. Yeah, because yeah. life has lots of ups and downs, and having that And a career, yeah. and a career in the public eye does too. Yes. Right. So, Absolutely. Great. Yeah.
1: So, what do you think is the big, best piece of advice a mentor has ever given you?
3: Ooh, wow, that is a huge Probably question. Lots of them. Yeah, been around the block. that's a huge question. Um, I mean, the different for different things. You know, like um, for instance, as an actor, I would say. One of the best pieces of advice was given to me by Anthony Geary, who played my father on General Hospital. And when I was doing uh, a film called The Deep End of the Ocean, I was probably 15 years old, he, he wrote me a little letter and in it he said, just remember, you can't act information. So That's don't gonna. don't get overwhelmed by right. everything people are throwing at you, Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, it was based on a novel. There was a lot of research and things to do, right. but oftentimes yeah. I think as actors you can get in your head from just too much information. Right. And at some point you have to just get back to the visceral, you know, artistic moment Right. and more of the emotional thing rather than just the information. So yeah. that was a that stayed with me. That's great. That's know? just great. Great guidance for life a career yeah. or anything. Right? Yeah.
1: Well, cool. We're
0: yeah. glad to have you here, man. Cool. Thank, you Thank you so, so much, much for being a part Thank of it. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank, you. Thank you. you. Have yeah. a good evening. Good
1: well, that was a really fascinating conversation with jonathan jackson he's been around for 25 years or more in the acting and performance world yeah
0: he's it's to have a career that goes from soap operas or daytime dramas as they're called to nighttime television and, you know he was one of the original heartthrobs on the series he dated and then ended up marrying hayden Panettiere in the show so he's
1: you know he's a guy to watch for the future as far as acting goes absolutely and what was really nice to hear is just the, the, the piece of advice that Anthony Geary gave him, you know, t- that I really think is something that we can all take away as a life lesson and really seems, what, given that he learned it at 15 years old or was given that advice at 15 years old, really has served him well the last 20, 25 years. Right.
0: You can't act information, which means be the truth, know the truth, and operate in the truth.
1: And speaking of truth, we are on to our third red carpet interview, which is with Chris Carmack, who played Will Lexington on Nashville. Take a listen. Gala for Alzheimer's disease. Chris, welcome. Hey, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Chris, we're glad to have you here, man. You are known as a man of style. You were known as a man of style on Nashville looking <laughs> sharp, and now you're going to be ortho god on uh, Grey's Anatomy. So tell us a bit
4: about your style. Well, uh, my style coming up is going to be mostly scrubs, scrubs. and oh, well fitting uh, scrubs. Well fitting. <laughs> they are tailored. They're hard to get off and on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a great wardrobe department on Nashville. Yeah. So if you saw me looking good, it was probably because of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Charles was just, Chip was just singing their praises. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a go to style thing like a black t shirt, a pair of boots? That yeah. You love?
4: Yeah. I'm a black t shirt, jeans, okay. uh, boots kind of guy. And, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've kind of been a, a cheater for the last couple of years because I just kind of go and sneak it off the Varvedos rack and nice. everything seems to fit nice. right uh, yeah.
1: right on. And, well, you're still in from yeah. the best, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it,
4: it, he makes it easy. <laughs> right.
1: right. Well, right, and right. part of, to me, part of great style is just being able to pull it off effortlessly, which is what you, you're able to do. You're doing it now <laughs> yeah. and you did it as well and you'll do it in scrub So, Tell us a little bit about because part of having good style, I actually think, is taking good care of yourself. And you look like a person who works out and is physically fit. What is your workout regimen to kind of help keep you in shape so you can always look good?
4: Well, yeah, that's actually true because um, because you know I have been out of shape before, and I noticed I had to, had to work a little harder on my wardrobe choices. So, it, um, but yeah, I actually I'm a I'm a Um, sort of a new dad I've got a two year old at home so I don't have a ton of time to work out but I used to do CrossFit and stuff and and I I do these 15 minute workouts I work out as hard as I can Uh, I set a a timer and I basically try to kill myself in 15 minutes and then I'm done
0: and so that being on the road and traveling with the band too I mean I would imagine that comes in handy right being able to 15 you can find 15 minutes anytime
4: you can find 15 minutes but uh, when you're when you're on the road it's hard to find uh, the uh, energy and sometimes you just got to save it for the stage because you're so tired wasn't there always energy for the cocktail party after though that's funny
0: how that works you know it's like you know it's maybe not work out yeah or or you
4: know or you're gonna go on stage and you're like how am i ever gonna get on stage and then afterwards it's like that was fun shots yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: tell me about when y'all film it's tough right it's grueling and it's you know a lot of hurry up and wait but when you're on you're on tell me about that versus live performing for you
4: well, I'd say it's very similar to a live performing. Um, I mean, the the difference being that you get another take. Yeah. But um, actually, when you start doing a lot of live performing, you do get another take. There's yeah. going to be another night, and That's true. you yeah. know, and it actually it lowers the the pressure a little bit, which always makes the performance better. Gotcha. So, um, you know, it's, but there's there is that there's that adrenaline, there's that all right, it's go time, yeah. and. You let the preparation fall away and things slow down a little bit and you just try to enjoy the moment as best you can.
0: Well, you and Chip and Jonathan all seem like pretty high-energy guys, and do you feed off of each other's energy? Is that part <laughs> of the vibe?
4: And we do feed off of each other's yeah. energy, and uh, if you've spent much time with Chip, you know that he's got a lot of energy to yeah. feed off oh, yeah. of. So he right. uh, he definitely spurs us on. Great. Well we're proud of you, man. Thank you for doing what you're doing yeah, here thank tonight. You. Yeah, my pleasure, you too. you. And thank very you nice for much. being here, Chris. Yeah, you pleasure. guys too, thank yeah. you. Thank
1: you.
0: You know, Chris Carmack, talk about evolution of an actor. He started as almost an unknown in Nashville, and now he's ortho-god on Grey's Anatomy. It's
1: incredible how he has evolved with his career. Well, and he was just, he was super funny and was super down to earth. And what's always interesting with actors, you can always almost seem to tell who's really a pleasure and easy to work with. One, it's just something that they exude in essence-wise. But two is they get hired over and over again. So Grey's Anatomy, hard to believe that it's a 15-year-old show, but it's still I think it's still the most popular show on ABC. And it was immediately snapped up the the second Nashville, Nashville was done
0: airing. You know, and what I thought about this whole evening when we interviewed the Nashville guys is, you know, it's almost like finding a unicorn when you can find someone who has acting talent that equates musical talent. And they, they all three, Chris, Jonathan, and, and Chip, all have tremendous amounts of talents with both singing and acting. They really do. And they
1: all have different energies, which is what plays really well off of each other. Chris is really high energy. Chip was down to the, He's the, dad. Of the earth. And He's he was dad really the, the dad of the group. Yeah. And, you know, Jonathan was a very introspective and very, very thoughtful soul. And you put all three of them together, and it really made for a great performance. We were really gobsmacked by how well they performed at, at the gala that evening Absolutely. they really brought the crowd to their feet and yeah it, it was wonderful they
0: have great chemistry on the screen and on stage and I think that matters a lot with the synergy of any band or any any band of acting troupe really
1: it does and we've seen groups before where you know if the cameras are not on or if or if they're not lined up for an interview they immediately disperse but those right. three really hung out and were really you know were really together for the duration of that whole evening whether it was behind the scenes or in front of the, or or in front on stage
0: Right and and traveling as a group like that in the same buses with the same crew all the time you got to be close you're eating together you're taking your breaks together you're performing together there's a real
1: synergy and almost a brotherhood that goes with that There really is and what was really interesting was how they really because all of them are such pros that they've really been able, they are able to just seamlessly turn on a switch to go from music to acting. That's right. It, Chris and Chris and Jonathan in particular just made it sound like it was so effortless and flawless. Chris's response was really interesting because it almost felt like a theatrical type of response mm-hmm. of, you know, if it's... It, if you don't do it right this time, you can. Ju- there's always tomorrow, there's always next take, especially when you're performing live, which is really the background of theater, if you think about it.
0: That's right. And they had energy on stage because there were lots of screaming women rushing the stage. And men. And a few men <laughs> rushing the stage for that performance. I mean, they turned it out. I mean, and they had a huge
1: band. And a great light show. And, you know, ACL is always a great venue for something like that. It really is. And ACL, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen it, there's actually a series on it on PBS in Austin on KLRU. And I know it's syndicated nationally. So all of our listeners who may not be in the Austin market, it, it, it's funny because when we do go to other markets, whether it's within Texas or beyond Texas, people know what ACL is because of all the, you know, tremendous and great performances and concerts that have been performed there. It's a small, intimate venue and it's really just, if you've never had the experience or the pleasure of going to a recording there, the next time you're in Austin, absolutely make the point to do that. Yeah,
0: and ACL stands for Austin City Limits. And contrary to popular belief, it's not filmed outside with the skyline in the background. It's actually filmed indoors, which a lot of people don't know until they actually go to a taping.
1: It is inside the Moody Theater. It's called the Moody Theater at ACL, and it's, with, it's adjacent to VW Hotel right in downtown Austin.
0: Yeah, so that evening was such a special evening. We know it raises a lot of money for the organization a million dollars a million and it was a million dollar night
1: it, it really was and you know it's one of many million dollar nights that are throughout the state and one of the things we really most enjoy doing on society with society texas is really showcasing all the giving back and all the philanthropic largesse all around the state at a really large and high level and the the event at 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 acl with with the dkr fund into cast in Nashville was a really perfect embodiment of what the texas philanthropic largesse is all about and chip made that point it was one of the very first things he said when we started you know when we started our interview how thrilled he was to be there and just the specialness of texas and you know raising funds for something that affects most families in texas
0: and i think that speaks to why a gala is successful no matter what the market right across the state and around the world Always keep the audience guessing.
1: Always keep them guessing. And it also really, really matters the people that are brought into an event. We've talked about that with several of our guests, so Carolyn Farb and Becca Case and Thrash and Carla McDonald in particular. We've the talked energy. about those. It's really an energy that the people bring to a crowd, especially if you've got something like a musical performance or some sort of artistic talent. Having people that are high energy that really want to be there will really elevate your event. And while having the headliners is is great. The people in the audience have to be receptive to it because you want those people to come back the next year.
0: That's exactly right. And one thing I think also contributes is a spirited live auction. When you see people across the room bidding against each other, and a lot of these are for six-figure packages of trips and experiences and cars and you name it, that also adds to the energy of the evening.
1: It really does. It gives it almost a an element of suspense right. for lack of a better term, because yeah. you're wondering, you know, when, when a package goes for a certain amount that nothing could go for more than that. And then something, and they sell it twice places, or they sell it twice right. or they sell the next package for even more. It, it, it's, it's really an interesting thing to see in a site to behold when you're, when you're on the floor and in the room with that. Always keep them guessing. Always keep them guessing, you
0: know, and I think that's the trait of a really great and effective and efficient uh, gala chair. So i that's, can, always good good words to live by.
1: I completely agree with that. And we look forward to seeing what the DKR folks pull off in 2019. Uh, I
0: think it's going to be big. It's going to have to be to top this.
1: In addition to all the other great galas in Texas that are going to be coming up within the next 12 months, there's, there's a lot here to celebrate and there's a lot here to bring awareness to, and it's an honor and a joy to be able to present that to the people of Texas and showcase that largesse at a high level. That's
0: right. So everyone can look forward to the Nashville on Broadway version, which is coming up in oh, the near future which we is men- exciting we
1: mentioned that at the top of the show That's and we right. want to mention it at the bottom of the show too that it's it'll be great when that comes and it just goes to show that country music is something that people are really passionate about and I can't think of a better show to be adapted for Broadway because any fan of the show knows that there are certain aspects and certain storylines that you could very easily weave a really fantastic Broadway show out of so I can't wait to see it when it goes live well it also speaks to
0: Broadway offering something for everyone
1: completely agree right
0: all right everyone well thank you so much for
1: joining success with style i'm signing off as lance every morgan and i'm rob giardinelli reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view have a great day everyone bye everyone